If you've experienced a DNA surprise, you know that your emotions can range from shock to denial to grief to anger to confusion to joy and around again. And sometimes it's hard to find people who understand this unique experience. Sometimes we feel a little stuck as we navigate this journey. That's why we created the DNA Surprise Retreat. At the DNA Surprise Retreat, you'll enjoy six expert-led sessions to help you process your DNA surprise. You'll eat delicious catered meals, and most importantly, you'll build beautiful friendships with people who understand you, all in a stunning private ranch facility in the Arizona desert. If you've had shocking DNA test results, know that you're not alone. This retreat is for you. Join us September 19th through the 22nd, 2024 in Phoenix, Arizona. Registration is open now. Reserve your space at dnasurpriseretreat.com. I'll see you there. What's really weird about Bill is that from starting when I was about eight years old, I asked, I would ask my mom, Hey, remember that guy, Bill, you used to date, whatever happened to him? And she would, you know, told me whatever it was, why they broke up. And then even as an adult, I would say, mom, do you ever wonder what happened to Bill? And I don't know why I just, Mm. just was drawn to him to the point that even as an adult, for random reasons, I just Googled his name. Just wanted Ooh, to know where he was. That gives me goosebumps. Right? Yeah. It's I I don't know what it is. I just was for whatever reason I was attached to him. Welcome to DNA Surprises, a podcast that delves into the world of unexpected DNA discoveries. I'm your host, Alexis Auersalt. In July 2021, my life took a surprising turn when I found out that I'm an NPE, a person who has experienced a non-paternal event. In other words, my biological father isn't who I thought he was. Join me as we explore the stories of NPEs, adoptees, and donor-conceived people and their families. Get ready to unravel the astonishing journeys that begin with a simple DNA test. This is DNA Surprises. When Michelle took her DNA test, she wasn't looking for her own biological father. In fact, she hoped to answer some questions about her mother's NPE. You can imagine her shock when she discovered that her mother wasn't the only NPE in her family. Michelle was, too. She also learned that her biological father is a man she fondly remembered from her childhood. Michelle discusses how her DNA surprise has affected her and her family, as well as how she is building a relationship with her biological father after all these years. She also shares how, long before she knew about her own NPE, she knew it was important to disclose to her son that the man who raised him is not his biological father. Thank you for sharing your story, Michelle. Hi, I'm Michelle. I'm 57 years old and I live in Texas. My DNA story story starts way back in about 1961. Uh, My mom got married and uh, the the marriage was very brief. She didn't have a daughter though. Her first husband 
then she met my birth certificate dad and they were married in 1964 and I was born in 1965. And, uh, that, that marriage was also fairly brief. My, my dad, my birth certificate dad wasn't a huge fan of my half sister and that caused a lot of argument between them. So the story my mom told me is that when she was eight months pregnant with me, they got in a big argument, there was some physical abuse and they separated. I'm not honestly sure. I, I never really clarified it. I just thought about this the other day. I never actually clarified whether they were together ever after I was born. I do know I have pictures of him, um, you know, holding me when I was a newborn, but he's always been in my life. There was another very brief marriage that was annulled. And during this time, when I was about two or three years old, I have memories of my mom dating a man named Bill. He's a great guy. I, I don't I don't know how how the memories are. Like I said, I was two or three years old. They might be a whole bunch of memories spread out or just very specific ones, but I remember Bill very well. And then when I was four, she met my stepdad. And they married when I was six. And I have another half sister from that marriage. Okay. So they stayed married for 15 years. And during this time, my birth certificate dad was in my life. He lived, sometimes he lived in state, sometimes out of state. It would be the kind of thing where he would call my mom up and say, Hey, you know, can I come see Michelle? And, and he would pick me up and I would spend a weekend with him or whatever. My first memory of him is also when I was two or three years old and my grandparents came and picked me up, his parents, and we went out, flew on an airplane. We flew to see him. He lived out of state at the time. Also during this time, he was married several times. He ultimately married and I have a half brother from that relationship. They stayed married forever until he passed. My stepdad actually legally adopted me. And the reason for that, first of all, I adored him. I'd known him since I was four years old. I also wanted to have the same name as my mom and my sister and him. And uh, my birth certificate dad fought it for a long time. I would call him up and say, hey, you know, would you let him adopt me? And no, absolutely not. I'm not going to do this. And it was coming up on eighth grade graduation. And I was like, dad, I'm going into high school. I just... You know, back in the 70s, you could go by whatever name you wanted to, basically. Yeah. So I had been going by my stepdad's last name since they got married. So I had always had that name. It just was never legal. So I just really wanted to make it legal. So finally, I convinced my birth certificate dad to let my stepdad adopt me. Again, still maintaining this relationship. It was not great. My dad was very verbally abusive, not to me, but to everybody around him. He was he could just be very mean. I would have to go spend like two weeks at a time with him out of state. I would call my mom in tears and just say, please come get me. And she couldn't. So I've always had a very strange relationship with him. My mom did ultimately end up marrying again and end up staying married for 30 years until she passed. Anyway, at one point when my mom was about 70 years old, it came out that my mom's birth father was not her birth certificate father was not her biological father. Mm. And the, the story is that her birth certificate dad was in the Navy. He was gone for an extended amount of time. And when he came back, my grandma was six months pregnant with my mom. My mom has an older brother and younger sister. They adamantly deny it. They say it's not true. But my mom says my grandmother told her this is the truth. Okay. So, so your, your mom finds this out when she's 70 years like old? Like 70. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And how did that affect her? She was very emotional about it. She ended up having, she had heart problems. It ended up causing this huge panic attack. But we didn't really discuss it in a ton of detail. I have a picture of her alleged biological dad. 
I have his name, but it definitely affected her. I mean, you know, it, it always, there always was this strain between her and her birth certificate dad. And so she kind of, you know, tied that all together. So my mom passed rather suddenly. And after she passed, I decided I wanted to see if this was in fact all true. Because like I said, the younger sister, the older brother, they just adamantly deny it. I decided to do a 23andMe test just to see. I, I had heard that the, the bio dad had died very young, but I still was like, maybe there's some other relatives. So I did this 23andMe test in, gosh, probably like 2000. And, it was after my mom was already gone. So 2019, maybe not. I don't remember exactly. And right away, uh, I got a match on my older half sister. There was no surprises there. Now my older half sister, the reason she did the test and, and she and I are, have been somewhat estranged. She actually spent a lot of time living with her biological dad. So our relationship was very strained. My older half sister said that like every time we would talk or text, she would always say, my dad doesn't think he's my dad. And I would be like, please stop. You know, our mom would never cheat. Of course he's your dad. Please stop saying that. So she ultimately did a 23andMe test, had her aunt on her dad's side test. And it, of course, confirmed that he is her dad. Mm. And uh, so I get this match on her. And I had seen on my birth certificate's dad, he had many years ago given me a big, long family tree. So I knew all the names that were associated with his family. And I didn't recognize any of the, the names on my list at all. And I asked my sister, to, you know, screenshot me her top 10 and none of ours were the same. So I'm like, okay, well, they have to be from my dad's side. And about a year ago, I was having lunch with my aunt, who's my birth certificate dad's uh, sister. We're extremely close. I adore her. And uh, I showed her the list. I said, do you recognize any of these names? And she's like, no, I don't recognize any of these names. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't know. Maybe just nobody on my dad. I, I don't know. You know what I mean? I couldn't yeah. put it together. So at the same time during all of this, I'm a huge crime junkie, okay, Cr true crime junkie. Mm -hmm. So I'd been listening to a podcast and it talked about solving cold cases and how they used GEDmatch to solve cold cases. So I'm like, I'm going to upload my DNA to GEDmatch and maybe, you know, 10 cousins down the line, I've got a, you know, a murderer for a relative. <laughs> so I uploaded it. I never looked at it again because in my mind, I didn't realize that it was actually a DNA matching site. I, I truly just thought it was like a database for law enforcement. Mm. So I never looked at it. And that was in August of 2020. And so I go about my life. I keep getting these random hits on people that I don't recognize. And in November of 2022, out of the blue, I get an email from GEDmatch saying, hey, we have a match. So I go... Oh, cool. Man, they must have solved a murder. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to in, log in and find out who this is. So I log on. And also, let me back up a little bit. One of the reasons I did the 23andMe is I, I truly thought my birth certificate dad would have had other kids out there because he dated a lot. Well, so it wasn't really anything hurt. about your mom or anything like that. It was more on your dad's side thinking, maybe I'll pick up a half sibling somewhere. Yeah. It was also, I thought for sure he's probably got other kids out there other than the half brother that I knew about. So anyway, so I log into this and it takes me a few minutes to kind of maneuver and figure out how to get to the DNA results. And I, I look at it and the first thing I see is in one of the right-hand columns and the match was huge. And I'm like, well, that's 
really weird because that's way more than I match on my half sister. And this probably all went very quickly, but in my mind, it was very deliberate, slow motion. So I first see this huge number and I'm okay. That's very odd. Then I slide over to the left and I see the email attached to this match. And the first thing I saw was the last name of the email. And I immediately recognized it as the person that my mom dated when I was two or three years old, Bill. Then I scan over, but it was a woman's name. Then I scan over one more box and it has the initials of the person that I match on. And of course it's his initials. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, for a minute you, you start to, you, you think all sorts of crazy things. So I'm kind of listening to the YouTube video that explains it and I'm reading the numbers and reading. And it says, if you have this high of a match, it's either a twin or your parent. And I literally for a second went, do I have a twin? And I'm like, no, of course I didn't have a twin. And so I'm okay. Bill is my dad. Yeah. So I, I just immediately started bawling because I just, I don't know. I don't know what it was. There's a lot of things. It was like, I felt like every part of my life is a lie. And I was so sick of for 57 years trying to explain to people my mom's marriages and my half siblings on both sides of my family. And I was like, this is just one more secret Mm -hmm. that I have to explain. Take your time. So I really didn't hesitate because in my two-year-old memories, I'm like, well, of course Bill will remember me. So I'm just going to email him. Yeah. And so I clicked on the email and I just, I said, you know, his name, DNA, not spam, please read. And I just explained that who my mom was and I knew what they had worked together years ago. That's how they met. And I just said, you know, I remember my mom meeting, you know, dating this person. I, I adored him. I thought he was wonderful. Do you know him? I'm just, I'm not trying to ruin anybody's life or cause any trouble. I just, I'm trying to wrap my mind around this. So it actually was just a few hours later that I got an email back from him. And he said, I'm that bill. And he said, yeah, I did. I dated your mom for a long time, including being with her during both her first and second marriages. Wow. There was no denial. There was anything. He did say, he said, I suppose we both knew there was a chance, but we never discussed it. Okay. So you have to remember at this point, my my mom was like 23. He was like 22. They were very young Mm -hmm. and he was a young bachelor living his best life. I don't fault him for any of this. I mean, I truly, I think you, I think, you know, this is 1965. You just put those thoughts to back your mind. There's you never in in your mind think that, 50 some odd years from now, there is going to be DNA that's going to prove who the parent is. So I think my mom did the same thing and just put it away. And she um, was married and, and there was somebody who was raising you who claimed you as his daughter. Yeah. So how soon exactly after you got your results, did you reach out to Bill? Was it like moments or a day? Well, or? It was, no, it was probably 30 minutes. Okay. After, after I had time to calm down, think about what I wanted to say. It was, I mean, it couldn't have even been an hour. I mean, looking back now, that was probably crazy. I I probably 
I don't know. I don't know what's right, but for me, it just felt right because he knew me. Do you know what I mean? Right. And I mean, I think, right, there's guidelines and recommendations, but these are very extreme and unique circumstances. And however you act in the moment is what feels right for you, you know? So he gets back to you and he says, yep, it's, it's me. He doesn't argue with it. What happens next? Do you try to talk to him? Is there more email? Yeah, I I right away emailed him a picture of my family. My daughter had gotten married like a year and a half before that. So I had a great picture of all the kids and grandkids. So I emailed him that and he would email me back and tell me a little bit about his family. He's he'd been married, he's been married forever and he has another daughter. What's really interesting about all this is he was an only child. Okay. And he and his wife only had one child and she never had any children. So theoretically the line was done. The only reason this even came out was his wife, who is amazing, is huge into genealogy. She wanted to build a family tree. They both come from very small families. So even his dad at the time was still alive. And his dad was, she said that his wife said that she kind of, he kind of laughed her and was like, I don't know why you're doing this. It's, it's just us. It's just us four people, you know? And uh, she can, you know, she convinced him to do it also and come to find out there was, you know, kids and grandkids and great grandkids. And so you know, it, it's that part of it. It's been really interesting. What did you think? So I know you, you had this flood of emotions completely understandably after he responded to you and says, yeah, I dated your mom and this is true. How did you feel at that point? You know, I have such good memories of him. So I was grateful that it was somebody I knew. I didn't ha- really have any expectations though. I thought in my mind, you know, he's almost 80 years old. He lives across country from me. I don't know that I'll ever see him. But the more we started talking and eventually I started texting with his wife and texting with his daughter and everybody's just been just so welcoming, you know, I was really worried about his daughter and she said, you know, for her, so much of her identity has been being an only child. So that was a whole new wave of her for thinking. But then she said, but on the other hand, I've got a, I've got a sister now, you know, so she's amazing. They're all amazing. I think what's been the hardest about this is, like I said, the trauma of seeing of the time that I had to spend with my birth certificate dad. Oh, the only thing that I will say that came up is the only time I ever at all disputed or, or had a thought that perhaps my birth certificate dad is not my dad was my birth certificate dad had terminal cancer. So 14 years ago, uh, I was in the hospital with him. Mm-hmm. He was in his final days. And they said, I think you're going to need a blood transfusion. So I said, oh, I'll, do, I'll give, you know, I get blood all the time. What's your blood type? So he told me his blood type. And I, I said, I thought, well, that's weird. Cause I knew my blood type and my mom had told me several times what her blood type was. And I wasn't a huge fan of science in high school, but I knew enough to know that these two blood types could not possibly make this blood type. So I thought, well, that's really weird. But then I thought, okay, maybe my mom's just confused about what her blood type is. You know, so I kind of just pushed it aside. Then when all this stuff started coming up about not 
no, no match names on my 23 and me. I did start to wonder. So I wasn't completely shocked when I saw it, mm-hmm. but there's still, you know, this just, just disbelief. So I was pleased that it was him. And, you know, I, I don't know for sure what's going to happen next. He's a man of very few words. So it's been, it's hard to even texting him. You get yeah. very short responses. And his daughter and his wife always say, you know, I, I see his face when you send him pictures of the grandkids. He loves it. Keep doing it. So his birthday was a couple of weeks ago and I was really torn. At this point, I hadn't had a conversation with him. And I, I finally said, I'm going to call him. And the conversation didn't go well. It was very brief. And I, I hung up. I was just really upset. And uh, I didn't talk about it. And then a couple of days later, I was talking to his daughter, texting her. I said, you know, I texted your dad. She said, no, yeah, my mom told me, how did that go? I told her about it. She's like, oh, that's actually normal for him. Mm. You know, he doesn't talk a lot. So it turned out he, he ended up emailing me a couple of days later saying he's having some problems with his uh, vocal cords. So it was making it difficult to talk. So that was what was going on with that. But to get back to this thing with my mom is that, you know, knowing that she had been through it before and knowing that I brought him up, I'm just angry at her for never saying Hey, Michelle, there's a smidge of a change. It could just be, there's just a smidge, you know, and it didn't have to be when I was eight and asked her, but it could have been when I was 40 and asked her about him. Right, right. That's what I was going to ask is what are your feelings towards your mom? So you're angry at her. Do you have any other feelings towards her now? I'm really angry at her. My mom died in 2015 and I've had her on this huge pedestal. And even through all of the, all the years of making up all these excuses and justifying all her relationships, I still just had her on this pedestal. This made me mad. This, I'm so angry that I can't talk to her about it. And I will tell you right now, if I were to call her today and say, mom, I just found out Bill's my dad. I I guarantee she would sob hysterically and apologize and and I, I get that in the 60s, it's what you had to do. I understand that. But at some point, I, I think she just buried it so deep in her mind that she just didn't talk about it. I actually told my stepdad about it a few days ago because I had, I've, I've not told that many people because all of my really close friends know my mom. And here I am still trying to pe- you know, protect my mom's reputation. So mm. obviously the first person I told was my husband. And then I told my kids individually and I, I told, I actually told some new friends I heard because I haven't lived here that long. So I told some new friends because they don't know my mom. So I was like, I have to tell somebody, I can't keep this secret. Then a couple weeks ago, I finally told my younger sister and she was just beyond speechless. I mean, so sweet, just not so much surprised because we know our mom, but just heartbroken for me. I haven't told my older sister and I think I just don't want to hear the I told you so's. Do you know what I mean? Because for mm. so long, I've been like, our mom wouldn't she stop saying that? And even though her, you know, he's not her dad, I just, I don't really want to have that conversation. But I did tell my, I called my stepdad the other day, in fact, and I told him. And he was amazing. And of course, it doesn't affect him at all because he's always known I wasn't his birth child. Right, right. But I said, dad, did she ever say anything? Did you? anything. And she said, he said, I had no idea. But I mean, I guess you don't tell your new spouse, Hey, by the way, I cheated on my other husbands. I mean, 
Right, uh, right. Yeah, but you, you know, think, you know, in, in old age or at some point, maybe it would have come up. So has your community, the people that you have told, have they been supportive? Oh, absolutely. I mean, everybody has. Been. My kids kind of are, I told them and they're just like, mom, I'm so sorry. But then they just, they don't, you know, they don't understand. They, of course, have grown up in, in my two youngest kids have grown up in their mom and dad have been married forever and, you know, they can hardly relate to, and all their grandparents, honestly, because they knew my mom's last husband as their grandpa. They knew my birth certificate dad, but only when he would come visit, you know what I mean? So it's very short. My oldest son had a better relationship or more of a relationship with my birth certificate dad because I, he actually flew back to see my dad because I have a, my half brother and him are actually closer in age than, than me and my half brother. But so everybody's been super supportive. They all just say, I, I don't, most of them are just like, I don't even know what to tell you. I don't even know how to tell you to handle it. You know, like I said, his wife and his daughter have probably been the easiest to talk to because they're directly affected by it. And they've just been like, whatever you feel is fine. You know, mm-hmm. we, we get it. The one thing is, is that I had uploaded my DNA to Jed match in August of 2020, but his, uh, Bill's wife actually logs onto it almost every month. So she actually saw it and just kept waiting for me. They immediately discussed it and they agreed that they should wait for me to reach out to them, which I 100% think is the right thing to do. I, I really do. So she said, you know, she even kept checking like her junk email box to make sure that, you know, I, ha- I hadn't contacted them. And she just thought maybe that I had just decided I wasn't interested. You know, Mm. I didn't need that in my life. Of course, like I said, I wasn't searching for a dad. So I never even looked at that website again. So, you know, they've been amazing. Yeah. I, maybe she's told you this or maybe she hasn't, but I'm curious, has she shared why she's so open and why she's been so welcoming to you? Because I think often people in our community, especially with the wives of the biological father, sometimes those relationships can be tough. So what's different? Why why is she so open, do you think? Well, I think for one, she's just an amazing human being. But she did say, I talked to her today. Today, actually, I had a phone conversation, which was the first time ever. And um, because I had emailed her this morning and said, hey, I just want to give you a heads up. I'm going to do this interview. She's actually the one that told me about your podcast when oh. this whole thing first started. Right. So, so I had been listening to you for months and I, you know, I emailed you. And so I was like, I need to give her a heads up that I'm doing this. So she ended up calling me and she we talked a lot about, I said, you know, what was your emotion when you first saw this? You know, you log on and all of a sudden, you know, and she kind of said the same thing that she looked at the number and at that point, she didn't know a lot about the numbers, but she knew that it was exceptionally high. And so she started thinking, well, is this like a, or a parent on Bill's side? I mean, you know, I mean, she was trying to wrap her mind around it. And then she said the more that she, you know, started playing with it and she realized that I was a child of his. And the first thing she said was she needed to know when I was born. And thankfully, I was born seven years before she you know, had a relationship with him or at least anyway, seven years before, before I know they had their daughter. I don't know exactly when they got married, but so that was a relief to her. I know to know that, you know, there was no infidelity on his part on in that relationship. She actually told me today that 
she finds it to be a blessing, you know, that, because again, their family is very small. She's also one of only one, she has one sister. That sister only has one child there. So I think for them, they're like, now we have all these people. I have six grandkids and three kids. So I've added like, you know, 11 people to their family. (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. That is so amazing. One of the things you kind of touched on was this part of the anger with your mom is the fact that you had to spend all this time with your birth certificate father who you were not close to, had a difficult relationship with. And and I think often in, in the NPE community, there's a lot of that what if, right? What if I'd known about my bio father. Have you learned about what kind of father Bill was to his daughter? Well, first off, his wife told me that absolutely had he known, it would have been handled differently. Mm-hmm. So that was nice to hear. I don't still, I, he's a very quiet man. You know, his wife says he's a quiet man. You know, his daughter says he's a quiet man. I, I think he was a great dad. I think he was a very traditional man of the house, you know, worked hard for the same company forever and provided for his family and but his his wife and his daughter are brilliant after his his daughter's you know got her master's degree and his wife i believe has her doctorate i think he's a i think he's a really good man i just think he's a lot of you know keeps to himself we actually just recently decided that it's time to meet so that's happening next month and i'm really excited about that another thing that's really interesting about this that his wife told me today is when we were talking about her reaction to discovering this, she said that before he submitted the DNA, she actually said to him, is there a chance there could be other kids out there? He he really just kind of laughed it off and was like, no, you know? And the other thing that's interesting is I actually go by my middle name. So he's always known me by my middle name. Legally, I have a different first name. So when I had it on there, when she saw, when she told him the name, he was like, you know, I don't, I don't know that person. And then when he realized the middle name, then he put two and two together and like, oh, that's my mom's daughter. Wow. You know. Wow. So, wow. So you said that you didn't have too many expectations going into connecting with him, but now you're going to meet yeah. and see how those things go. What do you hope for now from your relationship? You know, we're not young kids. I'm not a young kid that's going to expect to be visiting him on a regular basis. I hope that we can just keep communication open. I hope that, you know, he enjoys hearing updates about me and my kids and my grandkids. And I hope that we can still stay in each other's lives as well as his wife and daughter. I don't have a great relationship with my older sister. My younger sister and I were sort of hit and miss. So right now it's been really good with his daughter. And it's nice to have somebody to bounce all this off of. I don't have any expectations, to be honest with you. I'm just sort of taking it every day at a time and see where it goes and how big it goes. I think we'll always be in touch with each other. And hopefully once he gets this voice thing situated, we'll be able to talk on a regular basis as few words as he wants to say. I'll do all the talking obviously. And he'll just say. (laughs) So kind of going back to your mom, I know I personally identify with this. I think a ton of people in our community identify with this urge to protect our moms. Where does that come from for you? Why do you want to protect her? I think because for so much of my life, it was just me and my mom. Like in between all all the marriages, it was just me and my mom. And I just, the way it was always told to me was my mom just 
was with these men that were just not great men. And that's maybe still that's in my mind is that my poor mom was subjected to all this. I know now, I, I think it's giving me a lot more perspective on that. My mom probably brought a lot of this on and thinking back at the times that like, for instance, when I was young, my mom, I spent a lot of weekends with my mom's sister, my aunt, and I thought it was great. But now looking back and I'm like, my mom was sort of handing me off so that she could have these relationships or deal with these relationships. She was much better when she finally found the right person and they stayed together forever. They ended up being married for like 30 years until they both passed. And I just adore my mom and I just take all her imperfections. But I do know this isn't my cross to bear and I'm, I'm tired of being embarrassed about it. And it's a really slippery slope because there's part of me that wants to tell people there's other part of me that, you know, just can't, I haven't told, I haven't told my half brother yet because I don't, that's a conversation I have, have in person. Mm-hmm. I haven't told my aunt, my dad's um, sister. And I don't know that I will because um, she's also 80. Coincidentally, her and my mom were childhood friends. So I don't, I know she doesn't know, but I just kind of feel like why at this point, you know, this is not going to change my relationship with my aunt or my brother. I don't think it will. I know for sure it won't my aunt, but it's just, you know, it's hard to tell people and, and it's hard to keep protecting my mom, but I still do. I believe that my birth certificate dad, 1000% believed I was his 1000% because he is the kind of person that if I wasn't his, if he had any doubt, he would have just been like, I'm done. I don't, I'm not going to do this. And because of how, how hard he fought when I wanted my stepdad to adopt me. I mean, he was just like, no, I know he believed I was. So, mm-hmm. and he's of course gone. So at least he doesn't have to learn. He doesn't have to know. So Yeah. What questions do you still have for Bill, your mom, anyone who's involved, you know, whether or not you're able to ask, what information are you still looking for, if any? Yeah, I mean, there's part of me that would sort of love to know the extent of the relationship. I think it was, I think it was a while, honestly. Uh, Bill's wife actually told me today that Bill's mom actually used to, not used to, but more than once called her by my mom's name. So, I mean, I have pictures of, with, of when I was with Bill when I was two or three years old. Um, and I, I remember his mom. So I would love to sort of know what happened there, you know, why it ended. You know, was it because my mom told me that it was because she had kids and he didn't want to be with somebody that had kids. I, I, I think probably that's not true. I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, I might just have some questions about the relationship, but I'm not going to bring those up for a while. I don't, when I see him next month, I don't intend to get into any of that. I don't intend to stir up a bunch of dirty laundry. I just want to, I just want to be with him. I just want to spend some quality time with him and his family and just reconnect and, and see. And I hope we're compatible. I hope he likes me. You know, I mean, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you don't know, you know? Yeah. I feel like I'm pretty normal and I'm pretty easy to get along with. It totally because they didn't raise you, so they don't know you, and you're like trying to build this relationship with people who are have lived completely separate lives, right? And there is that wanting to be accepted by them. I totally understand. What 
has helped you cope with this information? How have you been working through it? A lot of reading, a lot of podcasts. You know, I got on all the, again, Bill's wife is the one that said, hey, there's a Facebook group for this. Hey, there's a podcast for this. And I just started, you know, listening to your podcast back to back to back and just telling people at my own pace. You know what I mean? Just, just talking about it when it feels right. I mean, even I'll be honest, it's hard to talk to my husband about it even because he, he really can't relate. I mean, he, his parents were married for, well, I mean, if his mom was still alive, it would be like over 60 years now. And, you know, he's got this huge family with literally there's like 45 first cousins and I, I don't even know how many aunts and uncles. And there's only like three divorces in the entire family. And then you have my mom and my birth certificate dad who had three times that many just between them, you know? Yeah. So I just try to, I'm just talking to people that can relate has helped. I think, you know, your retreat's going to be huge for me. I'm I'm really excited to, to connect in person with some people that have been through it. Yeah. Um, I'm probably going to go to counseling at some point, but, oh, you know, we'll see. We'll see how the meeting goes and we'll see how the retreat go, goes. And Yeah. Um, well, I personally am a huge therapy fan. Can't say enough. It's right? hard to find. It can be hard to find the right fit, but I always just tell people keep trying until you find someone that you like and that you connect yeah. with. So, coincidentally, my son is an NPE. Not really, but I uh, I had my son when I was nineteen years old, and I was not married to his father, and his father had very limited involvement with him from the time he was born. And I met my husband when my son was two and we married a month before my son turned four. And ultimately when my son was eight, my husband legally adopted him. And again, his bio dad was just not in the picture. So my husband really didn't want to tell my son. He was just like, I, you know, I just love him so much. He's mine. I don't see any reason we need to share this secret. And I, I don't know why, but I knew we did. So when he was about 10, I think he and I were actually away for the weekend. He had a soccer tournament and we went out to dinner and I said, you, you know, we talked about it. I said, you know, dad's not your dad. Right. And the reason I knew he sort of knew was because he was eight years old when we had to sit in front of a judge and say, do you want him to be your dad? So do you know what I mean? I think right. it's always been there for him, but I just needed to make sure that he knew. And, he, you know, so we talked about it a lot. He didn't really ask any questions about his dad. I don't know if it's different for boys. I don't know. I mean, he really didn't have any desire to connect with him. He ultimately did and found out he had a younger half sister. And then his, his dad finally married and had another son. But I just felt like he needed to know because, mm. and I'm so thankful because he's now, you know, he'll be 38 this year. And I can't imagine if I said, hey, by the way, you know, so I'm really grateful that I went with my gut and it's always sort of been an open conversation. Yeah. Ugh. Again, with the goosebumps, because it just right? that something inside you said, no, we're not going to keep it a secret from him. Yeah. And so it's yeah. just always been a part of his life and he never yeah. really questioned or had any feelings about that or. No, he, I know he had some conversation with his uh 
his dad, as he became, as he was older, as actually, as he was an adult, turned out that he actually went to high school with his cousin. And the reason this came out was I was actually at a homecoming game and his dad was at the game. I'm like, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, that's my nephew out there on the field. And I was like, okay, whoa, I need to talk to my son a little more about this. Because at this point, you know, he's in high school. So I had to tell him, hey, heads up, you have a cousin that goes there. But anyway, years later, um, my son was at work and his dad just randomly showed up at his at where he worked. And he said he came up to him and he's like, hey, are you Zach? Yeah, I'm Zach. And he's like, I'm your dad. He's like, nope, I know who my dad is. Tom's my dad. And as he said, his dad asked if he could have his phone number. And he's like, oh, I'll give you my email. But he never, he, he doesn't have any interest in that relationship. Okay. What does yeah. your son think about this? I mean, you said you, you've told your kids. He probably has kind of a unique perspective because he was yeah. raised by someone else. What did he think? Do you know, honestly, I, he took it the hardest of all three of my kids. Like I said, the, the middle son just kind of went, oh, you know, grandma, I knew she had a pass. My, my <laughs> daughter just was like, I'm so sorry, mom. You know, I'm so sorry you're going through this. I, cause I didn't tell them till I just told them probably like a month ago because it was during the holidays. And I was like, I don't like, Hey, we're at Thanksgiving dinner, by the way, you know, I, so I didn't tell them. So I, I, my, my older son was the last one I told and he actually started crying and he just, I don't, I don't know where it was all coming from. He made a comment about now I know how, uh, his dad's parents felt. And I was, and I didn't know what that meant. I don't know because I never denied uh, his bio dad's parents access to him, but okay. they basically said, this is your problem, son. We're not going to get in the middle of it. So they didn't reach out to me and say, Hey, can we see our grandson? But that was what my son said is now, you know how you know parents felt. And I'm like, I don't get that. Yeah. But, but he cried. And then Again, he also was the only one that really had somewhat of a relationship with my birth certificate dad. So, I, you know, I had to tell him, you, you know, don't call your uncle and tell him because I haven't told him yet. So I don't for sure. I don't know. Uh, I don't know where he lives out of state. My oldest son does. The other two live here mm-hmm. in state. So it's harder to, to get in touch with him and have a conversation. And he's all he does. He keeps his emotions in also. So. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know for sure where he is with it right now. That's really interesting. It's really interesting that a lot came up for him when you yeah. told him yeah. about that. I think I said this in my email to you, but on on behalf of all NPEs, thank you for telling your son yeah. as soon as you know it. It made sense and it felt like he could understand it. And I think yeah. that's really great. It's key. It's absolutely key. How are you doing now with your DNA surprise overall? I'm good. Talking to Bill's wife today was huge because when we started talking about seeing each other, she got really like she and I would text about every other day. And when Bill brought this up, I didn't hear from her. And I even texted after I made the reservation yesterday, I texted her and said, I just want to check in. Are you good? Are you okay with this visit? And I didn't hear from her. So I sent her this long email today and I said, if it's not the right time, I can wait. It's okay. You know? And, uh, and she called me and she said, no, I'm, I was letting Bill take the lead on this, but I'm excited to see you. When he first emailed me and said, I think it's time that we meet. 
I again started crying. I'm a, it's been a very emotional journey, obviously. But yeah. I again started crying because now I'm like, now I'm cheating on what it feels like is I'm cheating on the people that I haven't told. Like I'm cheating on my brother and cheating on my aunt. And that's the part that's eating me up is I don't know. I don't know how to handle that part. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to tell those people or if I should tell them, I know I need to tell my brother because even if he doesn't, he's not going to do a DNA test. Cause I had asked him years ago, Hey, you should do one. I know he's not going to do one, but you know, 10 years from now, his daughter might, I mean, it's, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I know it's going to come out and I really don't want to keep that secret anyway, but it's heavy. You know, it's every day and trying to deal with the anger of my mom. Yeah. Yeah. You're not cheating on anyone though. You know, you have the right to learn more about yourself and to connect with your family because you didn't have the opportunity to do that when you were younger. But I understand. But like you said, it, it's not your cross to bear. It really isn't. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. What advice do you have for a parent that might be keeping a DNA surprise from their child? I think you have to acknowledge it. I mean, as painful as it is, you have to own it. It is my life changing to the child. I'm a grown woman and it's thrown my world upside down initially. I'm coming to terms with it now, but even if there's a slight chance and you, you, you need to say something and whether it's just like, Hey, maybe we should all do these DNA kits. I don't know what the answer is, but I know keeping it a secret is not the right answer. It's only going to hurt down the line and it's going to, it's going to affect your relationship. If you keep those lines open and your relationship is good, it'll be okay. Like I said, if my mom was here right now, I would forgive her. I know my mom would accept it. She would beg for forgiveness. I, I would acknowledge that this is what she had to do in the sixties, but you, you just can't keep it a secret. You just can't. What advice would you give for someone who just found out that they're an NPE? Definitely take a, be- a, a breath. Understand that it is not your fault. It's a part of you. It is not your fault. Surround yourself with people that you love and be patient I wasn't patient. I jumped right in, but I also knew that this person would hopefully recognize my name, you know, and, but I know it's not like that for everybody. I think it's baby steps, you know, listen to the podcast, read everything you can Um, expect to get hurt because you're going to, you know, even if the relationship is good with the new person, you you didn't grow up, you didn't grow up with this person you, you're going to be learning about each other. Things are going to hurt. But I think just most importantly, just acknowledge it is not your fault. It is, it's going to ultimately be okay. You know, and just be patient. Take take each step, baby steps daily, and it'll be okay. Thank you for sharing that. Michelle, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your story. 
I'm so excited to hear all about how your visit with Bill goes and meeting his wife and maybe his daughter and and just connecting with everyone. I hope it continues to move in a really positive direction, even if he is a man of few words. Right. Right. I hope. Yeah. I hope that you continue to move towards, you know, finding peace with your mom and everything else that's happened. But thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And I look forward to seeing you at the retreat. Yay. Can't wait. Thanks again to Michelle for sharing her story. And in case you were wondering, she did come to the DNA Surprise Retreat in May. Here's what she said afterward. The DNA Surprise Retreat was exactly what I needed to finally feel fully seen for the first time in months. The speakers, crafts, and general discussions helped me face and understand feelings I didn't even know I was having, as well as teaching me the skills to process them. I don't always love to share, and here, it was okay to just listen. There was never pressure to participate if it wasn't comfortable, but honestly, being in that environment made it easy. My soul feels refreshed, and the bonds I shared with these amazing women will last forever. We laughed, we cried, and we learned we are not and will not ever be alone in this journey. We'll be announcing plans for the 2024 DNA Surprise Retreat soon, so be sure to sign up for our newsletter at dnasurpriseretreat.com for announcements. If you have a DNA surprise that you'd like to share, submit your story at dnasurprisespodcast.com. Until next time. This episode of DNA Surprises was produced and edited by me, Alexis Auerselt. It was mixed and mastered by Josh Auerselt of Siren Recording Studios. Music